Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host of Mission Go. It's the Christmas season. I thought Matthew chapter 1, verse 20b and 21 were tremendous verses. Here uh, the angel's talking to Joseph and uh, telling him to take Mary um, as his wife, even though she's, she's pregnant with the Lord Jesus. The scripture says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What a great promise, what a great truth, what a great event that happened over 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and Jesus was conceived, he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, his purpose was to go to the cross and die for our sins. He will save his people from their sins. What a great truth. What a great privilege it is to be his children and have our guilt and have our sin taken away. The Bible says that our sins are so far as east is from the west, and so therefore they're not even remembered by God. He's forgotten our sins when we have a right relationship and when we confess our sins to him because he's faithful and just and forgive us our sins. What a great God. What great love that God has for us. What a great Savior who came and did the work of salvation. What a great relationship we have with the God of the universe. We are very privileged to think about these things during the Christmas season. This is a special message from the President of Mission Go, the lead outreach ministry of Canada National Bible Hour. Please join us in a target prayer for our ministry partnership in the Middle East. Widow, orphan, childless, homeless. These are now the undesired descriptions of countless individuals facing unthinkable peril in Israel and around the globe. Many of us in North America feel helpless as we watch the news in sobering awe and deep sadness. It's happening, there are wars and rumors of wars, just as Jesus said. 
However, there is a truth that we must hold on to in the somber text of Matthew 24, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. You must endure. I must stay till the end. Paul reminds us that we must redeem the time because the days are evil. These days are overwhelmingly evil. One application of this passage is the need for Christians to support the actions and outreach efforts of national and North American missionaries who serve and share the gospel in volatile locations, which is precisely what Mission Go does. Unpredictable regions often experience sudden explosive situations. In Haiti, our missionaries are physically dodging bullets, just to get to their ministries. In Guatemala, political protests are taking over the streets, right outside the homes of our missionaries, and the work continues. Mission Go pastors report throughout their suffering, they can testify to a mighty spiritual revival, there are currently over 30 ongoing conflicts in the world right now. These locations need the peace of Jesus Christ living in hearts amid the circumstances around them. We know and actively seek to share the good news of Jesus who can bring lasting peace, he is the Prince of Peace. Conflict challenges the heart and soul of people. In Israel, people are experiencing horrific conflict and violence, and they, too, are in need of physical aid and lasting peace. Mission Go has implemented the Israeli Aid and Crisis Fund. We have more than 30 ministry contacts in Israel right now, ministering in Jesus' name in this critical time of war and mounting needs. We are sending funds directly to them to make an impact and share the love of Jesus Christ with the Jewish people. This team of Messianic Jews are bringing humanitarian aid to thousands, evacuated civilians, hundreds of soldiers, 200 Holocaust survivors, two young Jewish ladies who were baptized this past week. We continue ministering to civilians. Since over 300,000 people have been displaced since the terrorist attack on October 7th, our ministry contacts are traveling around Israel to help various people in different locations. Many missiles hit a hotel. Our missionary partners recently took 62 people to Ashkelon, a tank had to escort the bus out of the city, and they drove for hours to safety. They were relieved to have a respite from the bomb shelters and sirens. Among them were believers and not yet believers, some of whom found faith through this ministry. They now are holding daily worship, prayers, and Bible study sessions. They are also dedicating time to ministering to evacuated families from the Gaza border, providing food and hygiene supplies to adults and toys to a group of 650 children. A number of adults and children poured out their hearts to the team. A number of their relatives are being held by terrorists and some have lost their loved ones. This was overwhelming. The team saw such spiritual and material needs. They ask us to continue to pray for the believers here in the Holy Land, to shine with the love and peace that comes through knowing our Messiah, Jesus, that many will turn to him. Our ministry contacts, along with some volunteers, visited a city at the most southern tip of Israel. While providing basic necessities and providing support, many people asked for prayers, even knowing we were all messianic believers. One of the ladies there shared a video on her phone of terrorists heading towards her home. She and her sons hid for hours. Her oldest son experienced so much trauma that he stopped talking. Her eyes welled with tears when we informed her that many Christians worldwide are praying for and supporting Israel and Jewish people. In the South, our partners purchased and distributed basic supplies for 2,500 evacuees. Ministering to Holocaust survivors and the elderly our Messianic Jewish partners are cooking and distributing hundreds of hot meals to Holocaust survivors, telling us, we aim to be a beacon of hope for the Messiah. Pray for these precious people as some of their hearts are angry toward God. Pray the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guide their hearts and minds toward Jesus. Pray that the compassion and love that is being shown will open up hearts toward the gospel. Additionally, in a nearby suburb of Tel Aviv, 
the team is distributing food to Holocaust survivors who were evacuated from the South, along with other senior citizens. Some are displaying high levels of stress and anxiety. Our contacts are providing comfort through prayer and giving professional Christian counsel. In other areas, some have been afraid to leave their homes. Team members are delivering packages to those staying indoors because of fear, and many messages of gratitude are being received. Our partners in ministry are ministering to soldiers because Israel depends heavily on their army reserves. The trained citizens were called up to active duty very quickly. Due to this, they had to leave with limited clothing and supplies. Thanks to God blessing their efforts, the team has provided Israeli soldiers with over 150 warm jackets, 200 pieces of winter clothing, many gloves, thermal underwear, and other basic supplies such as batteries, flashlights, watches, matches, portable chargers and more have been shared and dry food is served at the base, they have been preparing warm meals of chicken and ordering pizzas, because they are supplying needs, Israeli soldiers feel their genuine compassion and are willing to listen to them share about their faith, the team most recently served soldiers and special police units in Judea and Samaria, the soldiers asked us about prophecy, so we talked about Jesus, we told them that many believers in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, love and support the Israeli people, around the world, these are challenging days for the people of Israel, but there is a strong sense of unity, openness, and a desire to understand one another. Please pray that the seeds they sow will bear fruit of salvation in Jesus. Please pray for continued funds, and continued ability, for our ministry partners to implement this incredible work. Please pray for the safety of our courageous ministry partners, as they serve the Jewish people they've had to seek shelter themselves, due to terrorist shellings and rocket threats, yet all have remained safe so far. Rockets are flying, alarms are blaring, we are working tirelessly, this is our new normal, pray that they can get rest to be prepared for each following day, would you prayerfully consider, partnering with Mission Go, to meet physical needs and restore hope in this critical time, your financial gift of any amount will bring the gospel to more Israelis, and will bring aid to the needy and discouraged. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you're aware, this is a listener-supported program, and we cannot be on the air without the support of our listeners. We ask for that you would continue to pray for us and uh, pray that God will continue to send in donations so that we can continue to keep this ministry on the air. Canada's National Bible Hour has been on the air over 90 years. It's the oldest Christian broadcast in North America, and we believe that God wants to continue to help us to stay on the air. Thank you so much for your donations and your prayers. This month, we're offering a wonderful uh, booklet entitled A Classic Christmas Caroling Songbook. It's got 30 sing-along favorites. It's a wonderful book. You can get a free copy of it sending in uh, to our office. Hymn sings around in your home during the Christmas season, or you can use it to go out and carol in the neighborhood. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, booklet that has the words and the music with it. It's just a wonderful thing that you can use during the Christmas season. Highly recommend it. Bet you'll love it if you get it. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R, 7A7 or United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231.
Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco. Printed copies are available upon request. And let me extend wishes for a very Merry Christmas to each of you. What a blessed and happy time of year, the time when we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ into our world. Today across our land, countless scenes of Christ's birth will be enacted from the Gospels in Sunday schools and churches. There will be Mary and Joseph, the angels and shepherds, according to Luke's Gospel. There will be wise men led by a star to greet and worship the young child in Bethlehem, presenting their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, according to Matthew's Gospel. These are the familiar scenes of Christmas, the ones that mean so much to us. But if we turn to the Gospel of John, we discover a slightly different perspective on the Christmas story, one that is not so familiar in the traditional sense, but one that is just as inspired by God's Holy Spirit as the accounts of Matthew and Luke. So turn with me to the Christmas story according to John. In John's Gospel, we do not find the emphasis on a baby in a manger or the people surrounding the Christmas story. This is what we might call the human side of Christ, for John has a different perspective. Each Gospel emphasizes a unique picture or portrait of Christ, much like, we might say, the mug shots that police take. First, there's a picture taken from the front and then one from the side and so forth. Several pictures of the same person, each from a different perspective. Matthew and Luke contain the human aspects of Christ's coming, with Mary, Joseph, the baby Jesus, and so forth. This is important, for if Jesus is to die for man's sin, he must truly be a man. Matthew and Luke assure us that Jesus was human. The Apostle John seems to feel that we cannot understand Jesus, his words, or his works, unless we go way back, back before there were any prophecies or prophets, back before there were any people, or a world, or a universe. For a reading in John 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, Of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So John here is telling the story of Jesus, but he begins long before the creation story of Genesis 1 and 1. He goes way back to the very beginning, and there we find God, and we find the Word, which is a name for Jesus, because he was exactly what God wanted to say to men. This one, the Word, was with God, it says. That is, he's in perfect fellowship with God. And moreover, the scriptures say he was God. So this one, who is the Word, was God from the very beginning. 
This one was the Creator God, for verse 3 says, All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. This one, the Word, was a life-giving God, for verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The Word then was the great eternal, the great Creator God, the life-giving God, right from the very beginning. Other scriptures confirm that deity of Jesus Christ. The familiar prophecy of Micah 5 and 2 says, But thou Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been of old from everlasting. The prophet tells of Jesus, and his origin with God back in the very beginning. So Jesus, the Eternal One, Colossians says, is also the image of the invisible God. First Timothy 3.16 says, God was manifest in the flesh. And in John 17 and 5, Jesus prays before enduring the cross, saying these words, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Jesus was and is God, the Eternal One, the Ancient of Days, the Eternal Son. Now, the Apostle John might say, since we have established Christ's divine origin, we can go on with the Christmas story. So we read in verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Word was made flesh. This is John's way of expressing the Christmas story. God in human form. It's called the Incarnation. The Word being made flesh. These simple words yet powerful incorporate all the miraculous events that led to the birth of Christ. We fill in the story from the other Gospels that for 4,000 years the Israelites had waited and longed for their Messiah. Then a humble Jewish maid, Mary, was told that she was the chosen one. God's heavenly messenger informed her in the words of Luke, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Luke 1.35 What mystery, what miracle we have here. Christ born of a virgin, as the ancient prophet Isaiah predicted, 750 years before his birth yet called the Son of God. And the Word was made flesh. The Eternal Son became man, perfect man, and perfect God, or deity, for the purpose of redeeming lost mankind. No wonder there was joy in heaven when the angels announced this to humble shepherds. Fear not, for behold, I bring you great tidings of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Luke 2. The Word was made flesh. The most stupendous event in the history of the world 
was when the Word of God was made flesh. Then secondly, we see identification. For John says, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now, many pretenders have claimed to be Israel's Messiah or the Anointed One. But the Apostle John says, he dwelt among us. He lived when we lived. He walked when we walked. All those who claimed to be God's Anointed One before Christ were pretenders. All those who claim to be God's anointed one following Christ are equally false prophets. John says he dwelt among us. So he identified the time and the person. That time was when John and the other disciples lived. And the person was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. There is much evidence of the reality of Christ's presence on this earth. Roman historians of the time recorded facts and incidents concerning him. Hundreds and hundreds of witnesses laid down their lives for the truth of Christ's deity and humanity. Perhaps the greatest witness to the certainty of Christ's miraculous birth, life and death, is the impact that it has had upon Earth's history. For all of our history is divided as B.C. or A.D., that is, before Christ or after Christ. Christ did visit our earth. Israel's prophets foretold his coming, identified the place of his birth and the time of his birth. And John witnesses that indeed he dwelt among us. We saw him. We knew him. We walked with him. He lived in our time. Then we see also from the text not only incarnation and identification, but we have investigation. Some people think that believers are most naive and easily duped because we believe the Bible accounts of creation or of Noah's flood. But many leading scientists and educators of the past and the present have been men and women with high education, doctoral degrees in their fields, proving their intelligence, and they witness to faith in Christ and the Bible. Should they not be given a hearing as well as anyone else? The disciples certainly were no fools. John in our text not only says he dwelt among us, but he says, and we beheld him, and beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, scholars tell us that the Greek word used for beheld means to examine carefully much as a jeweler would a precious stone that he was about to buy. He would scrutinize it from every angle, under different light conditions, and using every instrument at his disposal. He would look for any defects before committing to a costly purchase. John says, we, that is all the disciples, beheld him. We examined carefully and fully his words. They were such as no other man ever spoke. We examined his works, healing the sick, the blind, the lame, works which no man could do. We lived with him, examined his person, and found him to be glorious above all other humans, and concluded he was the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The babe of Bethlehem was indeed the Son of God, Christ 
had changed their lives, forgave their sins, gave them the hope of eternal life. And these truths were such as they were willing to give their own lives for. All the disciples began as skeptics, but they were fully and eternally persuaded by their personal investigations of Christ. Even Judas, the betrayer, a man who would have gladly exposed any defect in the life of Christ, has left his witness in his own words, I have betrayed innocent blood, Matthew 27. He could make no accusation concerning the person and the life of Jesus Christ. Then finally, let us see acceptation. Verse 16 says, And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. John says that all of us not only learned of Christ, but what we learned caused us to accept him. We have come to believe in all that he said and did, and we have received him, acknowledging him as Lord and Savior. Friends, is this not the essence of Christmas? God sent his Son into our world, not only to show us what God is really like, but to pay the great price of our sins. God wants us to believe this, and then, like the disciples, to come and receive Christ into our own hearts and lives. Christmas, then, according to John, is incarnation, becoming flesh, identification, he dwelt among us, investigation, we beheld him, and acceptation. The beautiful hymn uh, written for Christmas expresses these thoughts in these words, Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given, word of the Father now in flesh appearing. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. With the hymn, we invite you to come, receive, and endure the Christ as your Lord and Savior on this Christmas day. And may you have a merry and a blessed Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you're aware, this is a listener-supported program, and we cannot be on the air without the support of our listeners. We ask for that you would continue to pray for us and uh, pray that God will continue to send in donations so that we can continue to keep this ministry on the air. Canada's National Bible Hour has been on the air over 90 years. It's the oldest Christian broadcast in North America, and we believe that God wants to continue to help us to stay on the air. Thank you so much for your donations and your prayers. This month, we're offering a wonderful uh, booklet entitled A Classic Christmas Caroling Songbook. It's got 30 sing-along favorites. It's a wonderful book. You can get a free copy of it sending in uh, to our office. Hymn sings around in your home during the Christmas season, or you can use it to go out and carol in the neighborhood. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, booklet. It has the words and the music with it. It's just a wonderful thing that you can use during the Christmas season. Highly recommend it. Bet you'll love it if you get it. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R, 
7A7 or United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Your friends from church or family members are interested in more information about short-term or career ministry opportunities or seeking someone to come to your church or a group to speak about international missions. Please call 866-483-5787 in Canada or 888-900-5048 in the United States or on the web visit www.missiongo.org.